We're Missio Phoenix, a community of God's people learning to live in God's ways for the sake of our city. All right, Romans 5. We're just going to be, we're just going to read uh, verses 1 through 5 this morning. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions or our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and proven character produces hope. This will not, this hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Father, may we be filled with your hope this morning. May we recognize that our hope is grounded in the fulfillment of the covenants that you had fulfilled through your son, Jesus Christ, who is alive and sitting at your right hand, that we can have hope in this morning. May we not look to our circumstances around us, but may we find our hope, our being in you, Jesus. Pray these things this morning. Amen. So I am, I love movies, I love shows, but I found, I don't know why or at what point this happened, but I found as I've gotten older, I have to pick my shows, Uh, I'm pretty selective with the shows that I watch. Uh, now, like, if I'm going to watch a show and I know it's going to be an intense show, right, it's going to, it's going to draw me in, it's going to, like, emotionally drain me, like it's just going to suck me in. If I know it's going to be an intense drama or action show, I usually wait until there's like at least three, four seasons maybe, maybe five, right? Because this is why. Because when I get sucked into a show and there's no following seasons, like I hate how it all usually ends, right? Who's going to live? Who's going to die? What's going to happen to this character? So when there are two, three, four, five seasons, I know, okay, this character's in season five. They got to live in season one, right? So there's this, there's this sense of like a confident assurance, right? There's this sense of hope. Oh, I know this person's making it through in season one. They at least live to season two. So I can watch season one and not get so drained or like so wrapped up into it because I'm like, I know they live right? Same thing with movies. You're like, I know, I know he makes it to at least end game. So I know Iron Man's not going to die right now, right? So there's, so I don't know at what point, because I never used to be like that. But uh, for me, I usually have to wait for a few seasons to be out or the series to be prolonged. So I know who lives and who dies. And one of the beautiful things about this story that we preach about that we teach, that we get to live into this true story of the world is that we know the ending. We know the ending of the story. We know who lives. We know who dies. 
We know who gets healed. We know what happens when Jesus returns and what happens to all of creation at that point. And so even though we live in, if you, if you will, season, season five of this story, we can look to season six and have confident assurance. I have a hope of God's character, of what he's going to do because of what he's already done in the first four seasons. Um, but how, so when we talk about hope, though, it's this, this confident assurance, this assurance that God is going to do what he said he's going to do by looking back. But how do we reconcile that with how we usually use the word hope in our daily language, right? I was going through some old texts to brothers and family members, and it was, hey, hope you had a great birthday. Hope you had a great day at school. Hope you have a great day at school, kids. Hope you have a great day at work, honey. Right? Hope you have a great soccer game. Hope you have a great day at school. How we usually use hope in our usual daily language isn't this confident expectation, this confident assurance that you're going to have a great day at school. You might not. For Thanksgiving, we drove out to my brother's house and, uh, in San Diego. And as I'm driving out there, I knew I was preaching on hope. And so I was like, man, what do I, what do I hope for this Thanksgiving holiday? What do I hope for, for me, for my family, for my brothers, for my nephews? What do I hope for? I started going through like, man, I, I hope we make it, right? Holiday traffic. I hope there's no drama. Hope we don't get into deep theological discussions because they don't usually end well. Hope we don't get into political discussions because those don't usually end well. We're staying at my brother's house, so I hope my dog doesn't pee and poop all over his house. Hope my kids don't break something in his house because he's pretty particular about his things. So I, got, I started going through all of these things that I hope for, and I'm like, man, knowing that I'm preaching on hope, knowing it's this confident assurance, this expectation, do I have confident assurance that there's going to be no drama at my family get-together? No. At least, that was like at least a 30-70%. There's no confident assurance in that. Is there confident assurance that my, that my boys aren't going to be crazy and accidentally break something? Or my dog's going to just pee on his carpet? No, there's no confident assurance in that. So it was like, for me, I'm like, man, what else do I hope for that, that I use in my daily life? I hope for a healthy marriage. I hope that my, that my boys know and love and follow Jesus and love others well. I hope for good, healthy friendships where I feel loved and appreciated. I hope for a job that I love where I get to work with people that I like. 
hope to, I remember when I was young, man, I was like, I hope to get married one day and have, have a family. Thinking back to, or thinking forward to when I'm old, I'm like, man, I hope my kids take care of me. But these are all things that I hope for, but I don't have confident assurance in. In fact, when my hope, and I think this is a distinction we need to make, and the one that I'm going to kind of argue for this morning is there's a difference between hoping for something and hoping in something. See, a lot of times when I think we use the word hope, we're hoping for something to happen, hoping to do something. But what is our hope in? Because if our hope is in healthy relationships, then we'll avoid conflict. We'll try and manipulate and control relationships so they appear to be healthy. We'll try and manipulate and control the other person so that they meet our needs without having to reciprocate anything. We'll avoid conflict at all costs. We might withdraw completely because that's easier than engaging in hard conversations. When our hope is in safety and security, we might take jobs that we hate, but they pay more. We might try to control and manipulate others or our finances for a false sense of security. But oftentimes we're unaware that our hope is in these things until life hits. A lot of times in our own lives we're, we're unaware that our hope is in our finances. Our hope is in relationship. Our hope is in our job. Our hope is in our kids. Until life hits. And we lose our job. Or the other person wants a divorce. Or our kids walk away from Jesus and want nothing to do with us. It's often in these times where we realize, man, my hope was in those things. In Romans 5, what we just read in the verse three, it says, not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions or our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. How can suffering or affliction ultimately produce hope? Produces hope because it exposes of what we are hoping in. When life gets hard, when life gets crazy, when we are suffering or we're facing affliction, it usually exposes what our hope has been placed in. It doesn't mean we can't hope for good things. It doesn't mean like hoping that our kids walk with Jesus is a bad thing and we can't hope for those things. 
It doesn't mean we can't still hope for good, right, and beautiful things. We can still hope for peace among relationships, among creation. We can still hope for loving relationships. We can still hope for joy in our lives and the lives of others around us. We can still hope for justice. We can still hope for the oppressed to be free, homes for the houseless, provisions for the poor, fair politicians who care for the people they represent, and laws that provide space for humanity to flourish. We can hope for those things. Those are good creational things. But when our hope is in these things, when our hope is in created things, rather than the creator of all things, then those hopes will always leave us wanting and unfulfilled. When we look at our lives, if you watch the news at all, a lot of times we look at the world around us and we're like, man, what is there to hope for? A lot of times things can seem pretty hopeless. Like, man, things just seem to be getting worse, more divided than we've ever been, maybe. No one can have conversations anymore without some person getting angry and leaving. Death, murder, suicide, chaos. Things can seem pretty hopeless at times. But this life, this fifth season, if you will, while we have a foretaste of God's good kingdom, the reality is, is we don't yet experience the fullness of these things. We don't yet experience the fullness of peace, the fullness of joy, the fullness of love. There's still brokenness in the world around us. We may have days where we feel at peace, where God, where there's this shalom, everything is as it should be. There are days where we feel this joy, this ultimate satisfaction in who we are, what God has done, who he is, and who we are in light of who he is. There are days where we might feel the love, the ultimate covenant commitment of someone around us, someone we love. But this world is still broken. There's still sin that permeates through these things. Hope, then, is the bridge that connects our current suffering with the ultimate reality that one day all things will be made right. Hope is the bridge that connects our current chaos, our current affliction, our current hopelessness with the reality, with the confident assurance that one day we will experience the fullness of peace. Everything will be in shalom. Everything will be as it was ordered to be. We will experience the fullness of joy as Christ once again dwells among his people. We will experience the fullness 
of the love of Jesus, of the love of God, as creation is renewed. See, our hope has to be rooted in the person of Jesus. When our hope is rooted in Jesus, in what he has already done, his life, death, and resurrection, then he is the hope that connects our current suffering with the future promise. Because of what God has already done by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be born among men, to live and to die and to be raised again on the third day in order to fulfill all of his Old Testament promise. God has been faithful throughout this story. One of the movies that I love is uh, Saving Private Ryan. And uh, one of the reasons why I love it, again, this goes back to like, I need to wait till there's three or four seasons to have, to see who lives and dies. But one of the reasons why I love Saving Private Ryan is because it starts with the ending. Have you guys ever seen some of those movies where they start with the ending? And you're like, wait, what? But it kind of sucks you in. Right? You're like, wait, I want to see how this plays out. They gave us a little foretaste of the ending. Not the complete picture, but a little foretaste, a little teaser of what the ending, who's going to be in the ending, what the ending, like some, some context around the ending. Kind of sucks you in a little bit, and then it goes back and fills in the rest of the story up until that point. So what I love about Saving Private Ryan is it starts with this opening of this older gentleman, this older veteran at a cemetery, and he goes and finds a particular gravesite. And he kneels down, he falls down, and he just busts out into tears. He's crying. His family rushes to him, and they're surrounding him, and then it kind of fades from that old crying face into another face, at the beginning of the story. And so throughout this whole movie, you have this kind of expectation that this old guy that they showed at the beginning was Tom Hanks's character, right? The, the whole movie, I was like, okay, Tom Hanks lives, Tom Hanks lives, and he's going through, you know, we're going through the movie, and I have this common assurance, all right, you know, these battles are getting crazy, Tom Hanks lives, right? And then Tom Hanks dies, and you're like, what? Sorry, if that was a spoiler alert for any of you, I'm sorry. But it's been out for like 15 years, so you had plenty of opportunity. And then Tom Hanks dies, and you're like, well, wait, who was that guy at the beginning then? And it was Private Ryan. Tom Hanks' character saved, sacrificed his life for Matt Damon's character, for Private Ryan. And that guy at the end was actually... That private Ryan weeping at the gravesite, Tom Hanks' character. I don't remember his name. So like that movie, we get a foretaste of the ending. We read about in Revelation. All things made new. Jesus comes back, restores all of creation. There's no more sin, no more pain no more suffering. We get to experience the fullness of all who God is. We get this little foretaste. 
But we get to live in a period of this story where we have, have gotten to witness all of the fill-in up until that point, up until our point, right? We've gotten, we get to also read about how God has been faithful all throughout this story. That God's creation was ultimately good and perfect. And humanity messed it up. We rebelled. We said, no, we were going to figure out for ourselves what is right or wrong. We're going to figure out for ourselves what to hope in. We're not going to place our hope in you anymore, God. We're going to do this on our own. Hope is no longer in you. And God continues to be faithful to his people and his creation continues to partner with them and and create covenants with them and saying, no, I'm gonna still continue to work in and through my people. And the fullness of God himself, he sends to earth to be more of a display of what God's kingdom is like. And by sending Jesus, he fulfills all of the promises and the covenants that he made at the beginning of the story. As we continue to read through scripture, we're like, man, life is crazy. And God fulfills every one of his promises to humanity. And then he sends his son, Jesus, fulfills all all of these promises so we can have a confident assurance, a hope that our God is faithful. We can count on his character. We can count on his promises. And then the person of Jesus isn't just a, hey, all right, I fulfilled all of that. Good luck on the rest of the story. No, he creates a new covenant in the person of Jesus said, I'm not done yet. I want all of the nations, all of the peoples to be a part of this story. So we get to live in this time where we can have a confident assurance because of what God has already done in the person of Jesus Christ. We can have a confident assurance of what he's gonna do to fulfill his promise at the end of the story. And while we have a foretaste of what that might look like, we still don't have the full picture. But we can have a confident assurance that one day we will get to live in the fullness of that story. But we live in a time in this story where we don't get to, hope just isn't something for us to get through, to kind of get us through our current lives, to get us current, through our current circumstances. But hope is now something we get to display. Because of who Jesus, or what Jesus did, who Jesus was, and our confident assurance in saying, hey, God, I know that you're going to fulfill your end of the bargain. I know you're going to be faithful to your promises. We get to be a display people of what that end of the story looks like. In 1 Peter 
He says, uh, Peter says this, in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. For so much of my life, I thought I need to have a good, this means I need to have a good theological apologetic in the defense of that God is real, that Jesus was the Son of God, and all of these doctrinal theological things, that I need to be ready to give an answer, that God is the one true God. That's not what Peter's saying. He's saying, be ready in and out of every season to give a reason for the hope that is within you. See, now, now, now we get to be a display people of what peace looks like, of what joyful satisfaction is, of what true love is. Now we get to be a peaceful presence in the midst of chaos. Because our hope is in Jesus, we get to be a peaceful presence in the midst of chaos. Because our hope is in Jesus, we get to be a joyful people in the midst of hostility. We get to be a loving people, a generous people, a joyful and satisfied people. So when someone asks like, man, how, how are you able to have peace right now? The world's crazy. My hope is in Jesus. My hope isn't in our politicians. My hope isn't in relationships. My hope isn't in that everything's going to be okay at work. My hope is in Jesus. How are you able to be joyful and satisfied when the economy is going to tank next year? How are you able to be generous when, when man, you should, you should be just saving and hoarding because who knows what the economy is going to be like next year? How are you able to be joyful and satisfied in the midst of all that? Because my hope is in Jesus. How are you able to love others in the midst of this division? Because my hope is in Jesus. See, Jesus, because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, peace, joy, and love aren't merely, merely things we can hope for, but things we can now embody as the new humanity because our hope is in the Prince of Peace who satisfies every desire and whose love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. We can have a confident assurance. We can have a hope in Jesus because God has proven faithful that he will fulfill his promises and one day restore all of creation. And now we, as God's display people, who have put it our hope and trust in Jesus, can go out into a unpeaceful, unsatisfied, crazy, chaotic, 
but beautiful world and be people of peace, people of joy, and a loving people because our hope is in Jesus. Let's pray.